Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxe's Church in Saxe, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's ever, everybody? What's up? I can't talk right now. My name is Josh King, and we are so glad that you're joining us for another episode of EST, the EST Church Podcast, where we talk to and for established church pastors. We're just breaking down some of the ins and outs of pastoring an established church. A lot of times the way that we like to say it is when you are pastoring a church that is older than you are, that's kind of our wheelhouse. That's what we're talking about. We've talked about a number of topics. Really excited about the topics and the guests that we have on today's show. But first, let's get to the guests. Let's kind of uh, introduce ourselves. Like I said, my name is Josh. You've heard me many times. You've also heard my co-host here, Sam Rayner. How's it going today, Sam? It's going great. Just how, another good day. Is it? How's the weather down in Florida? Um, today, you know, it's a little cooler because uh, at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. they're having that big snowstorm up in uh, the, the New England area. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was it was like seventy maybe today, seventy seventy two. Wow. So it's a little little, little cooler than usual. Got your I, I, you on? know, I've got my I've got my I got my sweater on. You I know? see that. That's a, that's. I think that's a cardigan. Don't try to make it cool. It's a cardigan. Listen, man, I'll sport the cardigan, and I don't care. I don't. I don't care. I may I be an established church pastor, I, I but I, I can. I can go, Mister Rogers, on you. I, I mean, it's all right. Our other guest on today's show, you may have heard him on last week's episode. Good friend of mine, Andrew Abear. Andrew, how are you? Doing great, Josh. Just flattered to be here. You know, Micah couldn't make it, and you thought, who out there has the next best voice, manly, yeah. and so forth? Andrew Abear. So thanks, manly. It's good to be here. Voice, just like Micah. Freeze. We we thought we would definitely need to introduce you because other people wouldn't know that you're not. Micah. We got and, and you know yeah. just like Micah, Andrew. No one can say your last name. That's oh, true. That's true. That's true. Th- that yeah. You have that in common. So it's mm-hmm. Andrew, yeah. and it looks like Hebert, but it's a bear. And right. then everybody calls just Micah Fries. Fries. It's, it's like Fries, but it's really Freeze. It's Freeze. Nobody has that problem with my name. And then some people's dads are uber famous, and everybody knows how to say their <laughs> name. So that yeah, I don't works know about too. That. <laughs> Uh, I still true. get it. It's true. Deal with it, Carter. All right. Okay. I, I got a letter. No, no, no. Get this. I got a letter from one of our denominational agencies. So my dad is an agency head. I got a letter from one of our denominational agencies, and it said Sam Rainier, not Sam Rainer. Rainier. <laughs> Did it have secrets that you weren't supposed to know in it? No, no. Listen, oh, no, no one, no one sends me that or tells me that. I'm completely out of the loop, man. I am too. And That's this a blessing. show is not about those secrets. And so we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff in this show, which is good. It's a little bit of a break for most of our established church pastors. Before we introduce the topic today, I want to give a shout out to Jeff Holder, who's the pastor of Society Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Society Baptist Church. I like that name. I think that's kind of neat. I do, too. I, when you said it, I thought the same thing. It's, you know, it's just interesting. I mean, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's unique. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Journey... You know, fellowship. Cool it's like not. That. It's just really good. It's society, race, journey, Baptist fellowship. Church. I mean, it society. I mean, it's society. just a good word. It's a really good word. But it is cool. I don't know what it means. I have no idea what it means. It uh, just sounds good. I think it's the general populace and how they govern themselves. I think that's kind of how it goes. Oh, okay, okay. So you want to know what the name of my first church was? 
Sure. Union Band Baptist Church. Mm. Hmm. That was in Kentucky, right? Yeah, and so Kentucky was a border state in the Civil War. And the church was founded in 1856. Oh. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the people in that community wanted to be part of the union and they banded together at the church, but hmm. That's complete speculation. I don't know. So some Civil War buff out there who knows Howardstown, Kentucky. That's where I started. That's where I started my ministry. It, it, most of it, most people in podcasts listen to it know the mega church of six people that I started at. Right. Um, but We're aware. Uh, yeah, Andrew, Union Union Band. Andrew, what was the name of your first pastorate? I pastored Fairhaven Baptist Church in Pilot Point, Texas, Pilot Point. which is outside of Denton, which is north of Dallas. So. <clears throat> yep, and uh, they were probably twenty people in that church when I became the pastor. Wow, and that's giant. That was giant compared to Union Band. Mm-hmm. Hey, we grew to sixty, and I was nice. like, "Wow, this yeah, got it has nice. to be some kind of record." You know, and for those of size. you, for those of you who pastor churches of six, twenty, and sixty, we are glad that you're listening. We are so thankful yes. for you. And um, name of my first church that I pastored, Saxy's Church. Still here, still loving it, still doing life. Um. Hey, y'all want to talk about something very pastoral today? Yes. Sure. Staff meetings. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing. I can say whatever I want because none of my staff will listen to this. They don't, but your members <laughs> do. My staff don't listen to this. I do have some members know. that listen, yes. I don't think – I know that our children – Hey, Margaret. Margaret, listen. I love you. You're like the my favorite church member. Hey, if we're doing shout-outs, Darlene Snow, she listens every week. Love her. Charity, she also listens. Um, staff meetings. When I was at a church um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I won't name the city, but our, our major airport is located there, so you can figure it out if you want to. Uh, I was at the First Baptist Church there. I would call them staff infection because they were so brutal. Staff meetings were so, so bad. Have you all ever been a part of bad, bad staff meetings? I've led a few, yeah. Definitely. You've led them. <laughs> so this is You really of, need to get my staff you need to get my staff on this because th- they could tell you all sorts of crazy yeah, stories. That would be Hey, I, I had I had one I had one staff though. I did have one staff meeting, not at my current church. I always have mm-hmm. to where you know the, the worship guy and the student minister like almost I mean they were about they were throwing punches. So mm-hmm. um everything's up from there. Man, that'd yeah. be way more exciting than our staff meetings. <laughs> The current ones or, you know, elsewhere? Yeah, I'm going to be like Sam and be diplomatic in my previous church. In a in previous church. <laughs> a galaxy far, far away. I like I like our staff meetings, but we'll talk a little bit more about those in a minute and why, why it is that I like mine. And, and we're going to kind of break this down. I do want to go ahead and say this before we begin. We do recognize that a good number of our listeners are pastors of maybe single staff churches. They might be the only staff and they themselves might be bivocational. You might be thinking, what in the, why this doesn't apply to me? I think it would. I think you can gather some, some of these things in. Perhaps you're leading a Sunday school leaders meeting or a deacons meeting. Some of these things that we're going to talk about today could be applicable to you. Now, those of you who do have a staff, you are blessed by God to have a staff. We are blessed and we are fortunate. And as much as um, Sam and Andrew, and I'm sure Micah would chime in the same way, and we would kind of laugh about the brutality and the regular. Uh, nests of staff meetings. 
we are thankful to have staff. We do recognize how fortunate we are to lead churches that um, have staff on them. Wouldn't want to do this myself, all by myself, and so I, I am thankful for my staff. So thank you for You're listening. You're so nice, Josh. You're so nice. Thank you for all those kind, kind words. Yeah, yeah. It's the... Um, I almost said it's the Texan in me, but that's that's not true. That's just not the No, point. that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Nah. It's because I'm I'm <laughs> redeemed. I'm redeemed. Yeah, see, it's fruit of the Spirit, stuff like that. You so, had a Holy Spirit moment. Wow. wow. Jesus juke. <laughs> <laughs> Staff meetings. All right. So briefly, not a lot of detail. How often, what's your current staff setting? Well, how often do you have those? We'll start with you, guest of honor, Andrew Abraham. Thanks. Well, I'm, I've only been at my church for three months, uh, Paramount Baptist Church in Amarillo, Texas. And so I'm learning this staff, getting to know this staff. It's been a, a, a joy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, staff is a blessing. And I'm glad that you said that because that's really true. And it's a stewardship. And the first church I served, I did start with 20 people and didn't have any staff. And so definitely appreciate you know co-laborers and brothers and friends who, who we can serve together. At the same time, having a staff presents its own challenges. And so um, I had a mentor uh, one time who told me, you know, the church doesn't pay me to preach. I would preach for free. Uh, the church doesn't pay me to visit the hospital. I love the people I'd visit the hospital for free. The church pays me to handle the staff. And that is in many ways very, very true. So um, leading the staff as a stewardship is important. We currently uh, have a ministry leadership team of, of 13, including myself. That would be every staff member who directly uh, oversees a ministry area. So like our student pastor uh, would be on that ministry leadership team. We meet weekly. Every Monday morning, we meet from about 9.30 till about 11.30, and then we go out to lunch uh, every week together. Uh, and then we get the whole staff together. So this would be a, um, you know student associates and other staff people together once a month. On the last Monday of the month, we all get together. And uh, uh, a little different purposes for each of those meetings we can talk about if you want but but I, I think it's really important that we gather on a regular basis and you said what day and time do y'all meet mondays nine thirty till about eleven thirty, and then we usually conclude by going out to eat uh somewhere together cool um sam what y'all setup look like yeah we do tuesdays um so you know tuesdays from nine thirty to noon um we have our staff together we uh, go over everything that is operational. So these are not vision casting meetings. These are not strategy meetings. These are operational meetings. Hey, what needs to get done in the next week and the next two weeks and the next month? So um, we do have some separate meetings where they're kind of like whiteboard sessions, I like to call, where we're dreaming, we're talking big, you know, where can we go in the next five years? But no, weekly operational staff meetings, Tuesdays, 930 to noon. I mean, no exception. You know, Sunday's coming. We got to prepare for it. What are we going to do? So, um, yeah, we, we we have all those meetings now. Whether I lead them well or not, I don't know. You'd have to ask my staff. Yeah, well, we'll explore that. Let's break that apart. That'll be the the topic of today's uh, discussion. We have weekly staff meetings, kinda. Um, not every week has a staff meeting, and they're not all the same. I know that Andrew has sort of. Uh, Themes, maybe not themes, but like objectives to each different meeting. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So um, since, you know, I'm last on what we do, I'll go ahead and share mine and then we'll kick it over to you, Andrew, and you share us what yours is. Ours is broke up. Every Monday we have a meeting and uh, it starts at 9 or 930. 
And the first one of the month is all staff. And so every staff person who's able, who's on campus, all of our, you know, our office staff, the people who have offices, as well as the staff of the churches that are uh, meet on our campus. So there's three other churches that meet on our campus. And because we all have to kind of live in the same world and use the same facilities, they're invited to that meeting. And uh, that's where we hammer out the month and make sure that everybody's not going to be on each other's case or in each other's way. And uh, so that's all staff meeting. The second one is strategy, and that's just sort of what you would call top-level staff. And we talk about future strategies, implementing new programs, those sort of things, just kind of the development of the church. The third one is development. So in that one, I just am investing in the staff. We don't talk about calendar we don't talk about future plans. We're just talking about them and their heart. And so right now we're going through the High Impact Leader by Carrie, whose last name I can never say correctly, in uh, Canada. How do you say his last name? Do you all know? Nyhoff. Oh, Newhoff. Carrie Newhoff. Newhoff. So Carrie Newhoff, um, High Impact Leader. We're going through that together. Um, that's development. The fourth Monday is no staff meeting, and the fifth um, a Monday is just for fun. So we just have fun on that one and, um, we'll go out together and eat or something like that. So, uh, Andrew, you said y'all have different sort of, um, you know, topics that y'all address. What, what are yours? We do. We're, we're slightly different than what Sam talked about. Our ministry leadership team meets the first three Mondays of the month. And the purpose of that meeting, we'll talk about a range of things. Usually I'll, I'll just open up and, um, a scripture and just kind of a brief devotional and then a time of prayer for one another. I think that's really important just to have the staff praying with and for one another. Um, we're not necessarily praying for needs in the church per se. We're really praying for personal needs, family needs among the staff. So we'll do that. And then uh, we read together. So right now we're reading a book called Center Church that Tim Keller wrote, and we'll discuss a chapter of that. Um, that's a every, heavy book. Every man. week. It is a heavy book. It's you really, really some- helpful. Bright staff. That, that's uh, uh, that's most weighty. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that. Talk about that every week, and just use that as a launching point to have different conversations, and and really just want to do staff development uh, there. And then we'll we'll take time to look at the calendar uh, for the next few weeks, and particularly the next week or two. We want to talk about you know details of things coming up. We also use that meeting to talk about vision and strategy. So where we're going and how do we get there. And uh, that's, that's, I think, an important part to, to constantly be discussing. If you want your vision to, to, to drip and to leak and to bleed, you've got to constantly talk about it. And I think that's important at a staff level, at a church level. We want to talk about uh, vision things, strategy um, every single week. We'll use that um, meeting as well to evaluate you know, different ministries or events or programs or what have you and just enhance communication um, between staff members. So that's the first three Mondays. The The fourth Monday, we have all of our staff together. We've, we've got 31 on staff. So it's a lot of, a lot of people that don't necessarily interact with each other every single day. So I think at least on a monthly basis is important to get together for the purpose of fellowship. So we might play a game together, you know, kind of an icebreaker sort of uh, team challenge sort of a game. Uh, We'll eat together, just generally hang out and enjoy one another, play ping pong, what have you. Uh, There is a time of staff development where we'll talk about theology or leadership or 
uh, ministry methodology. Usually I'll print out an article um, for them to read together, and we'll discuss that. And then the all-staff meeting, we we don't really discuss strategy. Um, at, at that meeting, that's more just informational and communication, making sure that everybody is on the same page in terms of what's going on in the church and kind of the major things that we're doing uh, that particular month. Right. So, in other words, the, the ministry leadership team meeting, there's a lot more input, there's a lot more give and take, there's a lot more discussion. The all-staff meeting is just more informational and for communication purposes and fellowship. I'm imagining that all of your meetings, Sam, are on the beach. Do y'all just go down to the beach and hang out? <laughs> you know, we, we have done uh, – we've done a couple of meetings on the beach or, you know, at a, a venue that is, you know, facing the ocean. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we're we're like five miles from – like some of the best beaches in the world. Mm. Uh, I mean, in fact, Siesta Key down just south of us just got voted number one in the nation. So we're, we got Anna, we're, we're right Lake off at Anna Maria Island. What's that? We're five miles from Lake Levon. That's probably not the same, though. I don't I don't think it is. I, I, I don't. It's a water reservoir. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have different sort of uh, objectives for each meeting, or are they kind of the same? Um, all of those objectives are kind of um, kind of built in. You talking to me? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know who you're looking at. I can't tell. This is radio, Josh. Come on now. Oh yeah, okay. Well, uh, we're not, so we're you... not, we're not all in studio in our plush, you know, office here. You know, I don't that, know. doesn't work that way. A office looks pretty plush there. You, you see how his mic's on like a boom stand? I like that. He looks really I know. professional, doesn't he? I'm wearing a t-shirt. No, no comment. <laughs> Sam, do you have different objectives yeah. to your meetings or, or um, yeah. no? Well, our weekly our weekly meeting, the Tuesday meeting, is kind of sacred time. It's operational. It is purely meant to be operations. Um, it does go a little long at times. I talk a lot, but that's my fault. Um, we have uh, meetings where we do have sort of vision casting meetings where we where the ministers all try to make sure that we're on the same page as far as the next year, two, three, four years, you know, are we all headed in the right direction together? And then once a year, we'll do our calendaring, uh, which is everyone's favorite meeting where we take all day and we, you know, in the summer plan the entire year for the following year. Mm. Um, and, and let me tell you that, that people look forward to that meeting. They, they, every, you know, they can't wait for, for July, August to roll around. They know that that meeting is coming and everyone walks into that meeting just joyous, just mm-hmm. happy and and thrilled. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the calendaring one is the that's the hard one, but that's only once a year. Yeah. Well, can I let me interject something here? We actually do really look forward to that meeting, but we do it slightly different. So we go to this is, I guess this is kind of related, but we go to a local church somewhere here in the Dallas or Fort Worth area. Another church. I'm always looking for a similarly sized church that has a similar sort of. Uh, methodology to it or or um, maybe they're a little bit ahead of us. So we've gone to Hewland Street or MacArthur Boulevard. I know you guys are maybe familiar with those churches or something. They're a little bigger than us, uh, maybe down the road a little bit, and we'll go to that place. We pay for breakfast. We go have breakfast together and then we have the road trip across town and that's always a lot of fun. We all go. Then we hang out at their place so it's free. We'll just go up into one of their small group rooms or an extra office or something. We calendar then, and this is the key, and this is what I really like about it. We take their staff to lunch 
We pay for everybody to have lunch so that I'm sitting across from the pastor, uh, worship minister sitting across from worship minister. And then it's just getting to know them and talking about it. And you'll hear these conversations like, well, how do y'all handle this? And how do y'all do that? We always come back with just a pocket full of ideas. And then we also have another friend across town that we're building this networking to. We'll go back after lunch. We'll plan out the rest of the calendar. We always make sure we're back to the office by time for everybody to go home at a normal time. So we have a lot of fun doing that, and it doesn't cost very much. Cost it costs meals. And, well, it and depends on where you, where you go to lunch. Well, yeah, and we try to go to a nice. We we always try to go to something that's local there, like a place that those people really like to eat at. So sometimes it's expensive. Most of the time, it's like a taco place or a burger place, and so um, and it's another so, way to bless another church. I want to go to the taco place and get a pocket full of ideas. Mm. That's a great phrase, by the way. Where do do I get a pocket full of ideas? I don't know. It sounds kind of like a teeny bopper song. I don't know why that popped out of my head, but because you're obviously thinking about teeny boppers. Teeny bopper. Um, I would think that's the case because of the shirt that you're wearing right now, Josh. Yeah, please explain your t-shirt to the the, the the listeners. On for those of you, it's purple. Let's start there. It's purple. It's reddish purple uh it says <laughs> it says willie no that is completely purple that is that, there's no reddish to it that is purple gosh, you can't see and then in gold font all across the top of it we'll post a picture on our twitter it says willie Waylon, george and beyonce willie Waylon, george and beyonce i actually wore it on the way to denver and in the denver airport um i was walking through there and a guy says artist born in texas uh, or no, he said, who are artists born in Texas? He said it's sort of like a Jeopardy answer. <laughs> and um, I'm looking straight at him and I go, are you talking to me? Because I had no idea what he was talking about, <laughs> but I'm from Texas. So are you talking to me? Yeah. Willie, Waylon, George, George Strait. We got Willie Nelson, um, Waylon Jennings, George Strait, and Beyonce, Beyonce? I don't know her. No, Beyonce. That's, she's, she's the, just one name. Yeah. Artist known as Beyonce. Yeah. So that's my shirt. It makes everybody mad. If you're a fan of Beyonce, you really don't like the other ones being in there. If you're a fan of King George, you don't like Beyonce being in there. But they all were born in Texas. So I don't know what. So we have you help. ever preached? What does that have, have to do with anything? In that shirt. My shirt. Yeah, have you ever preached in that it's T-shirt? Have I preached in this shirt? Not on yeah. a Sunday morning, of course. That would be ridiculous. Uh, okay. That would be ridiculous. Um, all right. So staff meetings. What about this? What are your top things? Do not do this in a staff meeting. So if you're listening to us and you, maybe you do some of these, quit it. What do you think? I've got a list. Don't have a staff meeting unless it has a purpose. Mm, amen. Preach it. So yeah, don't pick your nose while you're talking. So yeah, I, well, yeah, that's good. Let's go back to what interesting, uh, Andrew, uh, <laughs> let's say it comes to Monday morning and you really, y'all let's say it was after the week after you did that whole planning meeting. Would you say then, if a pastor says, you know, we really don't need to meet today, would you say, don't meet? I would say, for us at least, I would say it's still important for us to meet together and mm-hmm. and have a time in the Word and prayer. But if you don't have stuff to talk about, then end it right there. You don't have to manufacture things to talk about. If you, and for me, I think a lot of things can be handled in an email that I could read. And, you know, the, the bad staff meetings I've been a part of are the uh, staff meetings where I'm thinking I've just spent three hours listening to something that I could have read in two minutes in an email mm-hmm. and would have been, I would have had just as much information at the, uh, at the end of it. So I just think you need to have, you need to think about what could be communicated by email, what could be communicated in another way, and then what actually deserves us getting together and meeting for 
and maybe that is just a time of, of prayer together. And I think there's certainly value in doing that on a weekly basis. But if it's if you don't have anything to do beyond that, I wouldn't say I was I would encourage you not to manufacture something just to fill up the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. You should be praying with your staff every week, though. Mm-hmm. So you should be meeting simply because you're praying. But I, I agree with Andrew. If there's no purpose, then then there's no need to meet. But I'll also add this. I mean, you need to know the culture of your staff as well. So. Mm-hmm. Every church, you know, I, you know, I'm. If you're an, a pastor of an established church with staff, you know, you're going to inherit a culture. You're not going to. Most people don't get to hire, you know, every position, um, you know, and fill it the way that you want it to be filled. You're going to inherit people that are there. They're going to have a certain way of doing things. They're going to have a certain culture, and the staff is going to have its own culture as well. So, I would. Um, you know, I'd encourage you to understand that. So just listening to you, Andrew, talk about emails, like, man, that's the bane of my existence is these really long emails. And so, you know, I'm kind of the other way. I'm like, please don't send me an eight paragraph email when you could pop in my office and I could have it answered in 10 seconds. Um, so it's just understanding your own staff. And, you know, some are going to want to communicate via writing. Some are going to want to talk it out. Some um, like meetings, some don't, you know, some are operationally minded, some aren't, um, some have m- more of an idea of vision. So you really need to know your own staff and you need to structure your staff meetings according to the culture and to the skill sets of, of your staff. So it will look a little differently at every church. Yeah, I've got yeah I agree with you about the bane of existence, by the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we keep the email short and sweet. Maybe that's another show topic, how to email church people yeah i I am notorious for one and two sentence emails because i just i i you know i'm not gonna unless unless a church member asks a theological question or is grieving or something like that in those cases of course you're gonna write a longer email i'm actually guilty of emoticon emailing (laughs) i've responded to several emails this week with a thumbs up listen given 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 what the t-shirt that you're wearing right now that does not surprise me at all (laughs) Uh, I got a couple things. Listen, um, here's what I think. If the person does not need, is not pertinent to that conversation, they do not need to be in the meeting. It's for their benefit. It's for your benefit. I was on staff at a church once in which all staff had to go to all uh, staff meetings. And the idea was unity. Like we're all going to be around each other. But we talked about everything. We talked about the budget. We talked about series, um, you know, sermon series. We talked about a wayward member. We talked about all these sort of things. And what happened was you have people weighing in on topics that really don't have the authority to weigh in on that topic. And sometimes it would get really frustrating. And so for perhaps you have like a, a, an administrative assistant who has a very strong opinion. And just because he's more boisterous about his opinion, he's over there telling the worship minister how that ministry should roll. So I really encourage, that's why our ministries, different people are invited to different weeks of, of the the planning one where we all need to know where everybody's going to be. That one is, is helpful. But the strategy, affecting strategy down the road, there are certain staff levels that don't necessarily need to input in the development of the strategy. So I would really encourage people to let them go. And here's the, here's the reality. Most of them don't want to be in there. They're just sitting there just brutally bored to death it doesn't sound like y'all run your your staff meetings that way but there are times in which just let them loose and i've even seen it at some churches where there's portions so everybody has to go to the first part and they do the prayer and the bible study and this next week then certain people are dismissed and the other ones have to stay 
for something. So whatever that goes with you. Another thing that I would encourage people to do, especially if you're running the meeting, keep a to-do or a to-meet list. So I'm bad about, I like to talk through things. I like to talk through problems. But sometimes if something comes up in a meeting, I'll write down meet with. So, uh, you know, Taylor, our student minister, I might come up with an idea and my temptation is to talk about it right then. But I'll write down on my to meet with list, talk to Taylor more about this later because everybody doesn't need to know all of that. And it's not like Taylor's in trouble. We just need to talk about some idea he has. But the children's minister, the worship minister, the the secretary, they don't need to know. They don't need to be in on that. So let them lose. So those are some of my encouragements. Keep your meetings kind of shorter. If not everybody who doesn't need to be involved and, uh, sort of a to-do list there. Any uh, feedback from that? You guys good with that idea? I'd add, have a set agenda for mm-hmm. all of your meetings. Yeah, even if it's just you know? stenciled out, just you're writing it yeah. out. Yeah, walk in with a Yeah, have a plan. plan. Have, yeah. A, have a roadmap, even if it's, we're going to talk about one big idea and we're going to talk about it for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and that's it. That's still having an idea of what the meetings are for. So it goes back to Andrew's idea of, hey, you got to have a purpose. So... Have, right. The purpose needs to include an agenda. We yeah, the only thing I, I would add, Josh, is is there is uh, don't miss an opportunity to demonstrate and model Christ likeness to your staff when you have a, a confrontation or a tense moment in a staff meeting. Uh, steward that well. Those will come up when you're talking about things. You might have disagreements and so forth. As the the pastor, you have an opportunity to show what it looks like to kindly disagree mm-hmm. and walk forward in unity despite disagreements. Yeah. Dang it, Andrew, you convicted me. Gosh. <laughs> you can't say dang that it. That is not what I wanted to hear, but I, I guess I needed to hear dang it. Dang it is a bad word. Um, the other thing that you know you could also, uh, in our help is also just modeling humility. Not even when it's a disagreement. There are times, there are several times that I like to say, you know, that's not really, here's what I would think about that, but you're the person in, responsible for that ministry, so let's go with yours. And a lot of times that leads to a healthier discussion. And so model, even though you're probably the one who would make the final decision, go ahead and model the idea of just kind of dismissing that decision to the person who has more skin in the game, so to speak. So that's all the time we have for today. Make sure that you are following, rating, reviewing us on iTunes. We so appreciate it. We, in fact, we draw most of our self-worth from how many people are rating and reviewing us on iTunes or following us on Twitter at ESTChurch. Thank you again for our guest, Sam, who's always here, at Sam Rayner, and Andrew Abair, who is our guest this week, pastor of Paramount Baptist Church in Amarillo, whose Twitter handle, if I'm not mistaken, is Andrew Abair. That's H-E-B-E-R-T-86. You can follow him on Twitter. Is that correct, Andrew? That's correct. Thanks, Josh. All right. And as always, I'm on Joe Wiki, but we would prefer that you follow us at EST Church. Have a great week, and, uh, you know, do good. <laughs>